Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tetzvav in Maseches Nedarim. Um, Andrew, that, yesterday I psyched you out. We got all the way to Tetzvav, but if we don't go back, you're going to be totally lost because we're about to do mental gymnastics with the sleep tonight. What's the sleep tonight? I'm going to sleep today. If I don't sleep tomorrow, I'm going to sleep tomorrow. If I don't sleep today, what's going on? So, just going back a little bit to you, Daladam and Bays, uh, right, right when the Gemara starts. Right, so itmar konam einai b'shena hayomi mishon lemachar. So the konam is a lashon of ned. There, this we're going to discuss that today, um, and you're going to say basically, I can't sleep today if I'm going to sleep tomorrow. To which Amar of Yehuda Amarav al yishan hayom shem yishan lemachar. Rav Nachman Amar yishan hayom velochashin shem yishan lemachar. So the first machlokus is Rav Yehuda versus Rav Nachman. Again, what is the what is the tnai? If I sleep tomorrow, I can't sleep today. Wait a minute. So if I sleep tomorrow, I can't sleep today. So Yehuda says, well, then don't sleep today because you don't know if you're going to sleep tomorrow. And Rav Nachman says, who, who cares about tomorrow, so to speak? Sleep today. You'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. And umodar Yehuda ba'omar konam eina b'shena lamachar imishan hayom. So what is he changing? That there's a case where Yehuda is going to agree with Rav Nachman. Okay, uh, again, Rav Nachman says you could sleep today. Rav Yehuda amazingly says you could sleep today. In the following case, if you say that konam lemachar imishan hayom, that if I sleep today, then I can't sleep tomorrow. Okay. If I sleep today, then I can't sleep tomorrow. Then you can sleep today. Why? And that's where we picked up on the top of Tesvavim and the first words, Karanowitz. Because again, when you arrive at tomorrow, right, you are going to be faced with the nether in that second case, right? The nether now is not on today. The nether is on tomorrow. So you say, if I sleep today, then I'll be able to, right? If I sleep today, then I won't be able to sleep tomorrow. Even Rabbi Yehuda, who normally is concerned about tomorrow, right, is, is no longer concerned, right? That's the amazing part, right? In other words, Rav Nachman is the least concerned, right? Rabbi Yehuda is going to say like this. If the nether is on, again, if the nether is on today, Rav Nachman, it, Rav Nachman is going to say, right, that he is, in fact, not concerned, right? Let's see what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Because in the first case, konam enai hayom, the nether is on today, but it's based on the condition being tomorrow. So, so Rav Nachman says, let's, let, let's see what the condition is tomorrow. And Rabbi Huda says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to fulfill, so to speak, the condition today. But if, again, the second case, So now, the neder, right, is going to take place tomorrow. So there, Rabbi Huda is like Rav Nachman. He lets you sleep today, Right? Why is he letting you sleep today? Because the neder is on tomorrow. 
And what does Kilomiz Darbat Tanava Bisurmiz Dar mean? It means like this. When you've already passed the Neder, says Yehuda, and you've seen that you are, were not struck by lightning, he's concerned, right? He's concerned that you're not going to be as careful with the condition, right? Because you say, you know, you'll make some sort of excuse for the condition. That's called lo mizdaher betna. You're not careful with the condition, okay? Because you've already passed the nether stage and now you're up to the condition. However, be surah mizdar. But when you said the language, right, of, right, konam, and again, you have to do two, we're going to do mental gymnastics with this now. <laughs> if you said that the nether is on tomorrow, so then Rabbi Yehuda is actually going to agree with, with Rav Nachman. Why is he going to agree with, with Rav Nachman that you could sleep today? Because your neder takes effect tomorrow. And so tomorrow is like the big day, right? That's the big day that you discussed. So since tomorrow is like game time for the neder, right? That's the day that you said you can't sleep. Rabbi Yehuda is going to agree with Rav Nachman that that's the day you're going to be mizdaher. That's the day that you're going to already be careful. So there he says, shluf, shluf, my king. Yeah, you can sleep today because you made the nether not for today, but for tomorrow. Were the condition to be tomorrow and the nether today, then Rabbi Huda is nervous. He says, with the condition, you're not going to be so serious. But with the nether, you're going to be so serious that we're going to let you sleep today. And we're going to assume that you're going to be much more careful tomorrow. And because we're going to assume that you're going to be careful tomorrow, we're going to let you sleep today. Okay, that's where we left off yesterday. Okay. Now we're going to have about four or five different prices, seeing if this really what Rabbi Yehuda holds. That's the theme of today. Here we go. Okay, Tanah. So we learned in the Mishnah, two lines down here, uh, our Mishnah. Right? In the Lashon of our Mishnah, all you said was, you said, I'm making a nether that I can't sleep. Okay. So not really explaining what the nether was. So the Gemara asks, hey, what was this nether? If you say it's literally like the Mishnah says, I can't sleep. I, I'm making nether that I can't speak. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, we already discussed, there's a difference between a nether and a shvua. A nether has to be on a chefza and a shvua on a gavra. Or another way of saying it is, the dharm have to be on physical objects, tangible physical objects, not on verbs, or ideas, right? Or abstract things. Abstract things are shvua. So that's what the Gemara says. Vatanya or vatnan, if you will. It's a brisa, really. Chomer b'shvuas. We already mentioned this. Chomer b'shvuas. Shashuas chalos al davar sheish b'mamish. Ve'al davar she'ain b'mamish. Right. That what makes shvuas more stringent in a sense. Right. We talked about. There's a way that a neder is more stringent than a shvua. There's a way that a shvua is more stringent than a neder. What makes a shvua more stringent than a neder is that you can make a shvua on something which is insubstantial. Something abstract, right? Masha'ain kein benadarim, right? Abstract meaning adav sha'ain mamish has no physical substance. Masha'ain kein benadarim, not so with nadarim, right? Because nadarim can only take effect on something which is concrete and is substantial. So therefore, what is sleep? Sleep is an insubstantial thing. You can't say I'm not going to sleep. That's not a neder. That's a shvua. Well, guess what? Konam is a lashon not of shvua, but a lashon of neder. And therefore, if it is true that he said konim b'shena, that is a nonsensical statement. 
because you cannot make a ned there on an insubstantial thing such as sleep, as the Gemara continues to say. Vishena, sleep, davar she'ein bo is an insubstantial thing. And therefore, konam b'sheina cannot be the case. It can't be that I just say I'm making a nether that I'm not going to sleep. Because not going to sleep is an abstract thing. It's not on a physical object. And therefore, there must be a, we, our very Mishnah must be referring about to some different case. What's the case? Ella says the Gemara, damar konam eina b'sheina. See what they did there, Barry? All it did was transfer the sleep to his eyes. Now, your eyeballs are, a sub, are, are an object. So he says, I am making a ned there that my very eyes cannot have sleep. Okay, so now, now, it can, now that language works. You can say, oh, well, what's the difference? Okay, it was telling you that it's, it, it, this counts. The other way it didn't count, and this way it does, because you've transferred it to a physical object. Okay, fine. So now that we explained that this has to be the language of the nether, so what would he say? He'd say, my eye... I, like, like we say, tidbak l'shoni l'chikim lo eskerechi, right? My tongue should uh, stick to the roof of my mouth, to my palate, as it were, if, if, if I don't mention Yerushalayim. It's these kinds of statements are eternal, right? That should always be the case. So what are you going to say? My, my, you know, you make a konam that my eyelids should never see sleep? That's impossible. And we have an idea, Barry, that you're not allowed to make nadarim necessarily that are... Physically impossible. Let's see that inside. Be the lawyer. If really what our mission says. So again, our mission says, and this would have been true whether it was abstract or whether it was concrete. You say, I'll, I can't, I, I swear off sleep. Well, you can't do that, right? There's no sheer. If you don't give any limit to your nether, are we going to really let you? Do we leave him alone and just watch him? Uh, involuntarily violate the Isser of Baal Yachel. The Isser of Baal Yachel is the Isser we've been discussing this whole time. Baal Yachel is what you violate when one violates when they make a nether and then don't fulfill it, right? So when you make a nether and you don't fulfill it, you're over Baal Yachel, right? And you've taken Hashem's name in vain. And therefore, uh, that is certainly going to happen. It's inevitable when you do something without a shear and you say that this is going to be forever, but first nobody can not sleep forever, can stay awake forever, and therefore we're just going to sit here and watch until you involuntarily violate the nether. Are we going to allow that to happen? Doesn't seem like we would because the great Gadol and Eretz Yisrael spoke about this. Rambam Rabbi Yochanan, Shvua, Shlo Ishan, Yamim, Malkin Le'alter. If a person makes a Shvua that he will not sleep for three days, we give him Malchus. First of all, Malchus? Yeah. Lo tisa shem Hashem okech shav, Right? Is a lav. Sheesh ba maisa. Lo tisa shem Hashem okech shav. That lav is going to get, right, Malchus. Okay. So, do we wait for you to violate it before we give you Malchus? No. We give Malchus, say, okay, now sleep it off. Right, or give him malchus, and you can go to sleep right away. Because after all, if it's impossible to fulfill, it's not binding. So yeah, so that's what. So so again, you're going to get the malchus for the losisa, not for the baliachel per se. Right. In other words, the nether is not binding because once the nether is not binding, so then you don't get that violation because the nether is a nonsensical nether. 
But if you use the Shem Hashem, so then you're going to, that because the net is not binding, so now you used it right in vain. And therefore it is for that that you get Malkus. That's the basic idea. But, but, the, but the idea is that, right, it's impossible to fulfill and it's not binding. And therefore it cannot be that our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said the net is binding, right? Our Mishnah says, Konam Shani Yashan, Right, we're going to analyze this language, but when it says that it's in the ballpark of lo yachel, it means that the nether was binding, and now you have right, you've actually triggered an iser of lo yachel, which means to say you have created a legitimate nether, and that legitimate nether is now something that is subject to lo yachel were you to not fill it. Okay. But it sounds like if you say, my eyes shall never see sleep, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's not a legitimate nether, and it is not in the context of lo yachel devaro. You'll get malchus for saying Hashem's name in vain, but you're not going to violate lo yachel because you didn't say anything of any importance because we're not taking you seriously because that's an impossible nether. Okay, so now. Now we're still searching to figure out what does our Mishnah mean when it says konam my sleep. So what does it mean? So Ella de Amar says the Gemara, Konam Ishan Hayom. As Birnbaum points out, this is this is a stretch. Like this can't be the only thing it means. But be that as it may, now we're going to bring it back and we're going to say that our Mishnah must be talking about right this Machlokas of Nachon Rabbi Yehuda. How so? He says, well, the case that would make sense would be if I sleep today, right? then I'm making a nether that I can't sleep tomorrow. That must be what he means. Okay. And then it says, Ha'amret kol be'isurim izdaher. But wait a minute. But that would be a question because you said above, we just said, that when it comes to isurim izdaher, right, imishan ayom, the nether will be on tomorrow. So we said that both Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Nachman would agree in that case that what? That we're going to let him sleep today. Okay. So... So we just said that we're going to let him sleep today and we're not concerned that he's going to sleep tomorrow. Okay? And, and so, so we said that he would fear the nether, right? And he would not fear the tznai. And it won't end up as lo yachel. So that is what the issue is. It's a, it's a very nuanced question here. Because our Mishnah, as we pointed out, we said, ha-rezeb lo yachel devaro. So, uh, I have to say the answer first, because otherwise you're not going to make heads or tails of this. The, the, the Mishnah, when we said, Hareza lo yachel devaro, the way I defined it to you is that it is subject to the violation of lo yachel, right? Which is another way of saying that it's a real nether. That the nether is a legitimate nether. That's what the Gemara is going to end up saying it does mean. But at this stage in the Gemara, what the Gemara thinks it means is that you're going to violate it. That's all. Areza Beloya Cheldavro is they think you're, you're going to violate it. Well, the fact of the matter is, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Nachman are not concerned that you're going to violate it. They think you're going to be able to stay up. They think that you're going to be able to keep to it. So the real question is, why did the Mishnah use the language Areza Beloya Cheldavro? The Mishnah could have just used the language that that's a real neder in some other way. But what's confusing the issue here is it's not a violation of lo yachel. I raise a means we think you're going to violate the nether. But that's not ultimately what we're going to say it means. But at this stage, we think that 
we're not confident that you're going to fulfill your nether, where we had just said in the Gemara that both Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Yudah agreed that in the case where the nether falls out on the second day, we are confident that you're going to fulfill the nether. So that's where the Gemara says, Elapshita to Amar. So first, the Gemara is going to say, it's going to, it's going to bring it back and it's going to say, Elapshita to Amar, Koma, Eina, Bishena, Hayomi, Mishan, Lamachar. Right? So, it sounds like maybe it's the first case where the nether was on today. On the first day, and now that doesn't make sense either because if he actually is successful uh, after making this nether, if he's actually successful in withholding sleep from himself the first day, so then he's not going to violate the nether the second day. He's already in the clear, right? In other words, when, when you make the nether, the first case that we said, where the nether is on the first day, so then once you've successfully not slept the first day, the next day you could sleep like a booby and you'll be fine, right? You, you've already um, fulfilled your nether. So, Michael Yachel Devaroika, what kind of violation of Yolo Yachel are you going to have? El Alav, B'denayim. No, rather it's it's not clear in the case that they slept today. What are we trying to prove here? Okay, we're trying, that's a good question. We're trying to explain, okay, Goranowitz, did you ever make a, did you ever make a nether that you're going to sleep or you're not sleep? First of all, don't make any nadarm. Yeah, you want to do schoolwork so you're going to stay up the whole night. Right, you tell yourself, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to sleep today. My test is in two days. I'm going to sleep today so that I can pull an all-nighter tomorrow. And then you end up sleeping the next day too, Right. right. So Alma Isa denayim. So we see that it's possible for him to sleep today, right? Uh, so it sounds like over here, again, we're trying to say, wait a minute, do we trust him or do we not trust him? Is this a refutation of Yehuda? So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara just says, Kikitani de'inayim. And that's basically that we could say like Rabbi Yehuda, and we can say the enaim, and really the, the, what the Mishnah is saying, what we're trying to prove here, is when the Mishnah says, right, that, that, that it's hareza beloyachel devaro, all it means is that you're subject to loyachel devaro. Fine. That, that's, that's pretty much, uh, the answer, that if he sleeps today, then he might possibly violate, he might trigger the, the neder, Right, retroactively by sleeping tomorrow, right? So therefore, he shouldn't sleep today, which is, right, right, he, he, he's not, a, like, Rabbi, he, like Rabbi Huda, right, he might fall asleep anyway, fine. But again, it's just that he's subject to the violation of Loyachel Devaro, and therefore he should not sleep today. Okay, now, now that's one possible interpretation of our Mishnah. Now, Ravina says, and it turns out we paskin like, uh, like Ravina. Uh, Ravina Amar Olam Kidiktani. Actually, the mission is very literal. That when you say Konam, my sleep, right, it has, it, it is in fact in the abstract. Konam, my sleep, it's what we thought. It has nothing to do with today versus tomorrow. So it just has to do with using the language of, I'm never going to sleep. Wait a minute. I'm never going to sleep. How does that work? Umay Bal Yachel. How can that be? Subject to Bal Yachel. After all, he, he, he didn't mention any, right, uh, timetable. He's made a neder on something that was insubstantial, like sleep. So how is that neder effective at all? Says the Gemara, Midar Banan. Wow. Midar Raisa doesn't work, but Midar Banan, he's subject to Bal Yachel. That's amazing. Now there's, the Rabbanan said that even if it's something that's insubstantial, we're going to, be treated like an effective nether. 
Oh, wow. So this has nothing to do with Rehudo Nachman. This just has to do with, right, this, this idea that Midarabana, now the Mishnah is teaching you according to Ravina, a big Chiddush, that you can make insubstantial Nadarim, use the Lushan of Konam, and those Nadarim you're going to be held accountable for. Okay, is that really true? Ask the Gemara, Meikabal Yacham Midarabana, is that such a thing? So the Gemara says in, yes. Wait a minute. Vehatanya, here this Vehatanya is, usually it sounds like it's going to contradict, but it's a supporting Brisa. As follows, Devarim Amutarim, Bacherim, Nogube, and Isser, there is ideas. Sometimes you'll have the klal, the general public, take something which is mutter, but people are going to be machmer on it. Okay, people are going to be machmer on it, and they're going to treat it like it's usher, and it's going to become like a habitual minhag, right? As we say, when you have an habitual minhag, you should say, bli neder, Unless you want to obligate yourself to it, because it's this right implied nether. When you do so, says the Gemara, you're not allowed to permit them to do it. In other words, they've they've implied a commitment to said behavior, even though previously you didn't have to do it. Now they are in a situation where they do have to do it. Of course, it has to be something which makes some degree of sense, right? Um, but once that activity, it's like, a, I guess, a midas chasidus. Uh, so, for example, uh, people who fast during a serious tshuva, right? Or some talk about avoiding meat and wine between, right, shivas and ratamas and tishabab, even though usually it's only shivas shachalbo. These are examples br- brought down by the poskim and the rishonim, Right? Things that make some sense, not total nonsense, um, but are not mi'ikar hadin, as we say. They're not, right, um, the, the kinds of things that you absolutely were originally um, obligated to do. But once you've taken it on, you can't undo that. It becomes like a nether. Now, it's not really a nether, right? These are all abstract things for sure, right? They're not, they're not on an actual object. And they're not obligated min Torah. So in every sense of the word, this is midarabon. And yet we see that lo yachel devaro can in fact, right, um, apply to a chumrah midarabonon. And therefore we see that there's such a thing as a chumrah midarabonon. And so what Ravina does is take out all of the mental gymnastics we tried to do with Nachman Rabbi Yehuda about the sleep today and the sleep tomorrow. It, that was a good logic question. Maybe the, does the LSAT have that format of question? That's like the one standardized test I never took. But anyways, the, uh, I know that there's logic questions, Barry, but uh, I, I never, uh, I took the MCATs, I took the GREs, I took the DATs, but for some reason the LSAT skipped me. Anyways, so be that as it may, none of that applies to this. Ravino's just saying when our mission says that you're going to be, right, Chayev, uh, that's going to be in the ballpark of Lo Yechel Devaro, when you say Konam Shi Yashan, he's saying that Midar Abanan, we're going to apply the Lo Yechel, even though it's not the technical, the Raisa way of saying it there, we're going to hold you to it anyways, fine. So now, we're back to Rabbi Huda. You thought we were done with Yehuda Nachman, but we're not. Says the Gemara, it's none. We learned in the Mishnah, this Mishnah is on Daphne and Zayin. So we will be learning it. 
We're back to the um, annoying husband with the bad personality. What is he doing? He tells his wife the following. Um, that, okay, you can't have any hanah for me. I'm going to make a nether until Pesach. Any, if you go to your father's house, if you go back to your parents, anytime from now until Sukkot. We're not going to your parents until Sukkot. Okay. All right. Now, uh, but he's making it in, a, in an unusual way. Anything that you're going to benefit from me is going to be konam from you until Pesach. Okay, so no hana. From, so this is before Pesach. So let's say it's, I don't know, Purim time. Pur, so, so again, the structure of the nether is as follows. Purim time, I'm not giving you anything. You're not going to get, I guess, any money. And we're not going to be together as husband and wife. Nothing, nothing is happening until Pesach. Okay, so that's the, that's the period of time between whatever this is. Let's say Hanukkah to Pesach, Purim to Pesach, all of that. You're not getting anything from me, right? If we have to go to your parents before the Sukkot that follows. Okay, so we're not going there until next year's Sukkot. So let's say, for example, it's right now. Okay, this time of year. Okay, Sukkot has already passed. I'm not going back there until next Sukkot. And you say, but, but you're making it until... Pesach, okay? Fine. So let's say it's in the, whatever, the middle, let's say it's Hanukkah, he's saying this. What's the halacha? So, so again, that was the subject of the time. She can't go uh, until Sukkot. But here she went during when? During the period of time where there was the sort of nether of Hana. Right? Okay, so there's two time periods. Let's go over this again. We're making, let's say today's Hanukkah, for argument's sake. Hanukkah's around the corner. <laughs> So I say, so I say, from now, so there's two time periods. From now until Pesach is going to be the Neder Hanah. And then from now until, and then from now until the following Sukkot is the time that she can't go to her father's house. Okay? So she can violate this, ne- this Neder at two different time periods. If she violates it before Pesach, right? So then for sure, that's when I'm going, during that time, I will have known that she violated it and I'm supposed to be withholding, right, the Hana. Not me, but you know what I mean. The husband's supposed to be withholding the Hana until Pesach, okay? Or she can kind of trick him. She can wait and have a normal life and everything and not go to her parents all the way until Pesach. And then after Pesach, she can go to her parents, right, between, after Pesach, go to her parents before the following Sukkot, and what recourse does he have? The Hana that he set up was only from now until, from Hanukkah until this coming Pesach. So he, she's already in the clear, right? He only threatened her until Pesach. So she, until Pesach, she didn't go to her parents. And therefore, she was able to get everything that she wanted from her husband. And then after Pesach, because he wasn't no there enough from her in that time period, even though he had specifically said, I don't want you going until the following Sukkot, Right, she went to her parents, and there's no recourse. So what happens? Is it like a retroactive violation of Lo Yachel? So let's see. Says the Gemara. So, so, so again, that's that was it. So says the Gemara. So if she went before Pesach during that time period, she certainly is going to be aser from him until Pesach. However, Pesach. Asura, right? That's tr- that implies that if she went to Pesach, it's Asura. However, lo halcha, lo. 
it implies that if she waited until after Pesach, that there's not going to be an Isser, right? If she actually gets, right, she got her benefit from him before Pesach. And all the way up until Pesach. And then she visited her father's house in that second, between the Pesach and the following Sukkot. So she did trigger the netter. She did violate it retroactively. But before Pesach, we didn't know that she was going to do that. And it seems, right, that the person is considered reliable even with regard to listening to that nether. And that seems to be contradicting to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, right? This seems, we we're bringing this up as Akasha and Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda is going to say, right, as we said, that he's not, he, Rabbi Yehuda um, was the one who said that he is more concerned, right? He said, we're not going to let you derive Hanah. But here we're letting her derive Hanah Right, all the way from Hanukkah until Pesach. In other words, if you're a Yehuda and you hear the nether as I just described it, so then aren't you nervous the entire time from now until Pesach? Wouldn't you be Yehuda if you would take the sleep case and superimpose it on this nether case of Pesach and Sukkot? Would you tell the wife, you know what, you can't have any Hana from now, Hanukkah until Pesach? Why? Because I don't know, maybe you're going to go to your parents. You're going to go to your parents before Sukkot, and it doesn't matter whether you're going to go before Pesach or whether you're going to go after Pesach. The moment you go to your parents, you're triggering the nether retroactively, and therefore all the Hanoi you had from Hanukkah until Pesach was a violation of Lo Yachel. You can't do that. So Rabbi Yehuda is more uptight, so to speak, in this context than Rav Nachman is never going to let this happen. He's going to say, separate, no Hanah, until, Pes- until, until Pesach. So is this... Right, but and yet, and yet we see that the Mishnah and the Zayin doesn't mention Rabbi Huda, doesn't mention that concern, and therefore it seems like that Mishnah and Zayin is connected Rabbi Huda because it's just not uptight enough. It's letting them live together until Pesach. How could you do that? So says the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Abba, Pesach asur veloka lo asur be'alma. No, that we could say that it's like Rabbi Huda. <coughs> And that really she is forbidden for sure to go. She's forbidden to, to uh, go to her father's house and forbidden to have any hana. She's forbidden to have any hana because we are consistent with Rabbi and we're concerned that she's going to violate it. Elamai. If she goes before Pesach, not only is she usher to get hana from him, but we're going to give her malchus. Because malchus for what? This malchus for, for violating his nether. This is what the rush says. If you look at the bottom, Parish or rush, it's on the inside column all the way on the bottom, right? He discusses an important idea. Wait a minute. Why is she getting Malchus? She's not the one that made the nether, Andrew. He made the nether. Can he make a nether on her behalf? So I'm looking at this rush and it says, Wow. That's a huge chiddush indeed. He made the Isser Hanah, it's his nether, but he made the, the Isser Hanah, that's the very last line over here in the Parish Harash, the bottom line, as it were. He made the Isser Hanah on his wife, and she's over on Baal for on, his, on behalf of his nether. That's wild. Bottom line is that there's going to be Malchus before him, because then she already had simultaneously violated the nether and all the stipulations therein if she went before Pesach. 
if she went after Pesach, it's it's Osir, but she's not going to get Malkus because she already passed right the threshold of where he said that there was going to be the Isser Harna. So she's but so she's out of the woods as far as Malkus is concerned, right? Because it's only Midurabanam, right? Um, that 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 it was retroactively violated, and therefore that's what Rabbi Abba says that Enachinami, the Mishnah in Zion, is according to Rabbi Yehuda, it would be also to go yeah. after Pesach or before Pesach, before Pesach or after Pesach would be also to Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so now we're going to bring more challenges to Rabbi Yehuda again. Who's the more uptight of the two as following? Ema Seifa. Yeah, but that Mishnah has another case. That Seifa of that Mishnah says, Achar Pesach, if, if the wife visits her parents' house after Pesach, Beval Yachel Devaro. She's subject to Bal Yachel Devaro then. Wait a minute. honey Lifnea Pesach, says the Gemara. If she didn't get benefit from her husband before Pesach, Mi Ika Bal Yachel. Yeah, how could you say categorically, Barry, that if she goes to her parents after Pesach, she's subject to Bal Yachel? We don't know. Maybe they separated until Pesach, right? Again. What was the stipulation? No enough for me until Pesach if you go to your parents before Sukkot, before the following Sukkot. So wait a minute. If she had no enough from him before Pesach, then, then, then it doesn't matter, right? Because she fulfilled the nether, right? In other words, she said, you know what? It's worth it. I'm going to go live in the Galapagos Island until Pesach. And then when I get back, I'm going to go to my parents. And I didn't have enough. There's no problem. I fulfilled all your conditions my kind sir, and I get to go to my parents. Best of both worlds, Barry. She doesn't have to deal with him until Pesach, and then she gets to go to her parents afterwards. Anyways, so he says, Be the Lord to play Pesach, Yeah, if she manages to not go, to uh, not have enough from him before Pesach, what's the problem? Why would the Mishnah say that she categorically for sure violated Bival Yachel? Says the Gemara, Now it's obvious that it's referring to a case where she did have an offer from her husband before Pesach. And what it's teaching you is that she's retroactively in violation of Loyachel Devaro. Alma, Miss Honey, right? So we see that she can derive benefit. It sounds like it's against Rabbi Yehuda. Because again, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says, if you think that you're, if you're making the nether for tomorrow, you can't, you already have to start getting nervous today. It sounds like here, certainly, we allowed her. She, she did not worry, like Rabbi Huda said. And she derived benefit from her husband throughout this entire time in the hopes that she won't go to her parents until Sukkot, but with no guarantee. And so that seems to be connected to Rabbi Huda. As the Gemara says, as we turn to Tesvavah Mubez, the Tzayyifta de Rabbi Huda. This is, seems to be a contradiction to Rabbi Huda. Says the Gemara, no, Kikitani, when the Mishnah teaches us that after Pesach, Right, she's subject to the yachel. It means the e is honey. I raise it yachel It just means that yeah, if she's no there, if she in fact has an awe, then she's in the right category of lo yachel, and therefore she could get into trouble. But you know, and everybody would agree to that. But you're right; she shouldn't get an awe. If you were Rabbi Yehuda, you would say that she shouldn't get an awe, right? Uh, but but certainly, if she was, she would be in. In danger of violating Baal Yachel. Fine. Okay, so then Rabbi Yudha, that's how we understand that entire Mishnah and Zion. Let's bring another, another part of that Mishnah. It's not. So we're taking the Mishnah and Zion. Oh, then Zion is going to be so easy, Barry. We're going to understand all of it by then. So he says, the Mishnah and Zion says like this. Wait, 
That's not the first case. No, it's a little bit different. He says, he tells his wife, you can't have enough for me until Sukkot if you go to your parents anytime from now until Pesach. Well, what's the, what's the problem? It's the same thing, except for now it's a different part of the year and we flipped it. Now, instead of no hana until Pesach, if you go to your parents by Sukkot, you're saying no, no hana, right? Until Sukkot, if you go to your parents until Pesach. It's the reverse of the case. Okay. Well, what happens here is that the, the stipulation ends before the possible nether, which is until Sukkot. Okay. So then what's the issue? So we say, So sure enough, if she went before Pesach, then she's also Barnad Achag. So you see, in the first case, we said that the Isr Bahana goes, let's say, for the next half a year, but the, but the stipulation carries on for the whole year. You can't go to your parents for the whole year. Here, it's like the stipulation is until the next half a year, right? And the Isr is for the whole year, right? That it's, it's longer, okay? So, certainly if she went to further half before Pesach, triggers the neder, right? And she's Asur from Anah until the following Sukkis. But nevertheless, one, in other words, the cat is out of the bag at that point, right? In other words, she can't get Hanah from him until Sukkis, but she can now go to her parents' house. It implies that if she actually went to her father's house, Asura. So she, she can't have enough. But lo ha But it implies that if she didn't yet go to her parents' house, that she's not forbidden to get, right, uh, benefit from her husband. Perhaps even before Pesach, even though there's still a possibility that she's going to vi- visit her father's house between the time that he made this nether and Pesach. So it sounds like this is a reputation, that it's, this is, Another version of a contradiction of Rabbi Yehuda, to which Amarava huha din No, what it really means is that even if she didn't go yet, she's still forbidden uh, to have enough from her husband before Pesach because of the concern, and therefore it is consistent. The concern that she still might go to her parents, and therefore it's still consistent with Rabbi Yehuda. The only reason the Mishnah mentioned that it's Asr if she went is because halcha, because if she went to her father's house already, Asr v'loka. This is similar to what we said before, that if she went already and violated right openly this condition, she's also going to get the malchus that comes from the right from the from the losisa that's already been violated. Whether whereas loacha, if she didn't go yet, then asur be'alma. Then yes, if you're a Behuda, you're still going to say that's also for her to go to her parents' house. You're just but but that is just a protective measure, and you're not going to chop um, malchus there. Wow. Okay. So that was that Mishnah. Now, a new, a new challenge to Rabbi Huda, the Brisa, Meisvei. Say this bread, I'm not going to eat it today if I go to the JCC tomorrow. Okay. Um, no, I see what you're saying. He's saying, I don't want to eat this bread. I don't want to have these carbs today if I go to Serengeti tomorrow. First mention of Serengeti, I think, since we started. It's a, it's a restaurant in Baltimore. Um... Uh, yeshivish people call it Serengetis. I don't know why I said that. It's so dumb. All right. So, anyways, kikar zua lahayom imelech lamakom plani lamachar. Aval hareze beval yelech. So wait a minute. I'm not going to eat bread today if I go to 
Serengeti tomorrow. Yeah, but if you eat bread today, so then you would say that you can't go to Serengeti tomorrow, right? Because you triggered, you triggered the nether retroactively. That would be a violation. Sounds like I'm allowed to eat bread today. But aren't we concerned if you're Rabbi Huda, right? According to Rabbi Huda, I say, I can't eat bread today if I'm going to go to Serengeti tomorrow. I'm already also to eat bread today. Because again, we said Rabbi Huda is the more concerned of the two between him and Rabbi Nachman. He's going to treat the nether as if it's for right now. Like as if I made the nether on the bread today, right? Says the Gemara, Miktani Ochel. Wait, the Bible doesn't say that you can eat the bread. Ochel Katani. It just said, yeah, if he ate the bread, that's a problem. Yeah. In other words, it's stating the obvious that if I say I'm not going to eat bread today, if I go to Serengeti tomorrow, so then if I ate the bread today, then you better believe I can't go to Serengeti tomorrow. That's all it's saying. Okay. Um, or you could say, right. So in other words, but he's initially, but, 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 be, but again, but nonetheless, the, that price would be consistent with Rabbi Huda, where they would discourage you, right? to eat the bread that day. That's the point. Because they know that if you're going to eat that bread today, then now you're going to be in trouble and you're going to be on the hook and that you're probably not going to be able to you know, withstand not going to Serengeti tomorrow because you're going there for a special birthday occasion. So another thing I love about Baltimore. Last time I went to Serengeti, every single person in the restaurant was there for a birthday or special occasion. You don't just go Stomberry. You go for a special occasion. All right. So halach, and we were there for a birthday also, obviously. We wouldn't just go, Barry. What do I look like a pig to you? All right, Halak. I raised it about, okay, be as it may. The Serengeti was delicious, yeah. I highly recommend uh, the steak with the shroom sauce. Halak, I raised it If you went, then you're going to be uh, violating Valyachel. The Brisa says that you can, right? The Brisa doesn't state that you can go. So, right? So, in other words, we see that once you make the ned there, you are, in fact, permitted to eat the bread that day. That's what it makes it sound like. It says halach, right? In other words, it implies, right, that you can't go there the next day. But it's based on the assumption that he ate the bread that very day. So, again, that seems difficult because, again, Rebihuda is, like, right away nervous and he feels like the nether is already chal. You have to act as if the nether is already chal that very day. So, to that, the Gemara says, Amalak Rebihuda, Rebihuda will tell you the following. Who had in the listni mehalech? Actually, the Brishas should not have said halach. It should have said mehalach, that he may go to Serengeti the next day. However, since the first part of, right, of the Brishas said, if he ate the bread the next, that day, the lo mitni ochel. Why did it say if he ate it? Because it can't, can't say he can't eat it, since, right, according to Rabbi Huda, he's in fact not allowed to eat it. So that's why, Tani Sefa halach, that's why, it's just, it's keeping the tense consistent. You understand? Present tense, past tense, right? In other words, it would have said, it should have said mehalach. That's true. That's what it should have said. That he can go. Because he all, right? Because, again, I did the Tani Reisha Achal. Since in the first, he said he already ate in the past, right? Because he couldn't say Ochel because you're not allowed to eat. So that's why it just kept this, the tense consistent. And that's why in the safe it said halach. Since it, since it said Achal, it's going to say halach both in the past tense and it's keeping the test tense consistent, even though it comes a little confusing with regards to the din. Rabbi Yudah says, no, this price is still consistent with what, what I say. You're nervous about the, violating the net right away. It's just, that's the structure of the language to keep the tense the same. But really, the Allah is like me, that already 
you are concerned with making the nether right away and you're not going to want to eat the bread on day one be, um, because of the possibility that you'll trigger a nether for not going to Serengeti on day two. So now we're up to the Mishnah, two dots towards the bottom of Tesvav and Beis. We say it like this: Omer Isha, Konam Shani Misham Sheikh. Okay, person makes a nether. He's not going to live with his wife. So says the Gemara. Right, that was the statement of the Mishnah. That nether works. Can you really make a nether? You're not going to have it with wife. Says the Gemara. Right, there is a right a deoraisa obligation. To provide your wife with she'er ksus ve'ona, right? Food, clothing, support, and also to cohabit with her as husband and wife. So, how are you making a nether against the Torah? Andrews, it's ridiculous. This should not be arisa below yachel devaro. The nether should be thrown out. Says the Gemara. But omer hanas tashmishech alai. Oh my goodness! This is where we get abstract. You're not saying I'm not going to cohabit with you. Chas v'shalom. What you're saying is that. I'm making a nether. Now, this is a lumdish a jerk, this husband. He's not making a nether that he's not going to give honor. He's just saying, I'm making a nether on the hana of the, right, of the cohabitation, which is like a physical thing that you can make a nether on. And as a consequence of that nether, that does work. And therefore, we can't have tashmish because after all, I made a nether on the hana. Not on the tashmish, that I'm obligated to. But, you know, what can I do? I made a nether on the hana. you believe this? Right? He, he's not saying, so he's not, so in, he's saying, right, at this point, because he made a nether on the Hana, now he can't do the Tashmish. Then we see precedence for this. Rav Kana says, if a, if a woman tells her husband, right, uh, in the opposite direction, that Tashmishi Alayich, a konam, right, a nether, that no cohabitation with you. We say, no, you can't do that. That's usur. Just like he has an obligation to you as a marital right, you have an obligation to him as a marital right, and therefore that nether will be thrown out. However, in the opposite way, it also works. If she says, No, I'm not saying that I can't cohabit with you. I'm just saying that the hana is, is, is something that I am uh, swearing off. Well, usur. Then that nether does in fact take place because she's very lumdish about it, and therefore he's going to be also to have tashmish with her. Because you can't feed a person something that's forbidden to him. So what did he do? She took something which was, so we're breaking it down into its components, right? She said, no, 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 the tashmish I'm not saying is usher. I'm just breaking down the, the components. The hanas tashmish is what's usher. Once the hanas tashmish is usher, it's impossible to separate it out of the tashmish, and therefore, the Tashmish isn't really what the nether was about, but guess what? By doing the Tashmish, you're going to trigger the Hanas Tashmish, and on that, you can make a nether. Now, Barry and I would have said, wait a minute, shouldn't this mean that you can't make a nether on the Hanas Tashmish? Isn't that, right, ripple effect a violation of Shearx's Vona? So that has to be actually, that has to be analyzed, right? Sarchion, that has to be analyzed further. Why is Rav Kahana allowing this to happen? Because the actual right side effect is that you're going to violate an obligation midar raisa. So that requires more iun. But be that as it may, for our purposes at least, we see that it could work because you've taken out the abstra- out of the abstract thing you took and you put in a physical thing and you did a loophole 
arrangement where you were usher tashmash on each other. So we'll resume tomorrow with the Mishnah, three lines up from the bottom, Tesvav, Amun Beis.